if you're not at least somewhat troubled by tonight and tonight's gospel, then you didn't listen. So listen again. If This is Jesus. This is nice, kind, loving Jesus. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. If you're okay with that, if that doesn't bother you just a little, then again, you didn't listen. Hating? That's strong stuff. Strong words from our Lord. So what does Jesus mean? Like to actually hate your family? Oh, and by the way, even your own life? No, of course not. But he's using strong language to get our attention because, and this is the key to the gospel tonight, Jesus wants disciples, not admirers. Notice when this happens. So Jesus is going around and he's preaching and people love the message. He's healing and people love that. He's working miracles and people really love that. And so there's great crowds following him. If Jesus was a politician, he'd be really happy. But thank God he's not a politician because he doesn't care about being popular. He turns and he very intentionally challenges these people who are on his side because he actually cares for them. He's not using them the way our politicians use us. He cares for them. He actually wants what's best for them. And so he challenges them. He wants disciples, not admirers. But to be a disciple means formation needs to happen. Transformation needs to happen. And reformation needs to happen, especially where we've been deformed. So what is Jesus saying? Very clearly, nothing and no one before him. Nothing and no one. But my friends, that's precisely the problem for us. We're tempted constantly to put something or someone before God. Something, it could be the things of the world, pleasures and power and reputation and stuff. Someone, yeah. Those of you who are in relationships, <laughs> those of you who have families, there is a temptation even in good relationships, even in good families, to put your significant other, your family before God. And God is not okay with that. He's not okay with that. Why? Because it's not fair. <laughs> you can't treat someone who's not God as if they are God. You certainly can't treat something that's not God as if it is God. But brothers and sisters, we all do it. It's part of what happened with our fallen nature that we really succumb to thinking, oh, this thing will finally satisfy me or this person will finally satisfy me. My family will finally satisfy me. But it, it's not true. We don't work that way. Last Sunday would have been the Feast of St. Augustine. 
He had the great one-liner. In the fourth century, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You have made us for yourself, O God. That's the truth. See, so that's why Jesus says, nothing and no one before me. Because he actually cares about us. Because he knows how we're made. That nothing and no one will satisfy us except him. That's why. So he uses strong language to get our attention, to shock us out of our, our ability to just set, set aside God and treat him like he's just one other thing in the midst of all the other things in our lives. You guys have heard of Flannery O'Connor, the great Catholic writer. People asked her one time, she's a very faithful Catholic, and, and her stories are hilariously, even grotesque, and sometimes very violent. And someone asked, why are you right that way? And she said, in a world that's going deaf, you need to shout. Well, that's what Jesus is doing. He's shouting to get our attention. Nothing and no one before him. Why is that? Because it'll satisfy our hearts. But also this. He cares not just about our hearts personally, but also about all the things we care about. And so if he has proper place, if he is the Lord of our life, he will properly order every other thing that we care about and every other person that we care about. In short, he'll properly order our loves and we'll love things in the right way, and we should, and we'll love people in the right way, and we should. So if we give him the center of our life, everything will be harmoniously ordered. We'll love people better. You'll love your family better. You'll love your relationships better, your friends. And you'll love the things of this world better without getting enslaved to any of them. So Jesus cares. He wants us free. This is what he came to save us from. And friends, also this. He wants disciples. He wants disciples. Pope Francis had a great quote. Following Jesus doesn't mean taking part in a triumphal parade. It means sharing in his merciful love, becoming part of his great mission of mercy towards each and every man. The mission of Jesus is precisely a mission of mercy, of forgiveness, and of love. And this universal forgiveness, this mercy comes through the cross. We are not here tonight to be admirers. We are here tonight to be formed in discipleship, which means that we're called into the very mission of Jesus. Disciple means to follow, but not follow from a distance. To get right in, Jesus wants us participating in what he is about, which is the salvation of the world. See, he loves us so much that he doesn't just save us from afar, but he says, yeah, I'll save you. Now come in, participate in what I am doing because that's what we're made for, to participate in the very life of God. And for that to happen, for us to be real disciples means to bear the cross. Cardinal Dolan has a quote that I've quoted often here and I'll do it again because it's so good. It's so important for us to hear. He was telling seminarians, he said, if the cross is present in your life, 
It's not a sign that something's wrong. It's a sign that something is right. If the cross is present in your life, it's not a sign that something's wrong. It's a sign that something is right. How are you doing bearing your cross? Because everyone has one. Some people are going through real difficult stuff that's very obvious in their own lives, in the lives of their families. Some people are going through things that no one would ever guess or see. But it is part of our condition, this side of heaven, to have a cross to bear. The question is, what do we do with it? So much of our culture says flee from the cross. Run away. Throw a bunch of painkillers at the suffering of life. Whatever that may be, whatever that painkiller may look like. And all we do is numb ourselves up. Jesus says just the opposite. Come after me. Take up your cross. Follow me. I'm with you right in that. That's the real formation we need. To not run from the cross, but to embrace it. And to know that as we embrace the cross, we embrace our Lord. And as we embrace our Lord, we become true disciples. And then his power comes into our lives, precisely through our weakness, precisely through our sufferings, precisely through the difficulties that are part of this life. And everything changes. His power enters through the weakness and then flows through us into the world. And then the world is changed. His redemptive power comes into the world through us. Jesus could have done it different ways, but he didn't want to because he wants us involved in his mission. We're not called to be admirers. We're called to be disciples. So my friends, nothing and no one before Jesus Christ and bear your cross because that's the mission and anything less is beneath your dignity.